What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Bizarre Junkies podcast. I'm your host, uh, as always. I don't think it's ever changed. Uh, Austin Alvarez, nice to meet you. Hi, if this is your first time. Uh, welcome. Where the hell have you been? I've missed you. I've missed you all anyways, but uh, you know who we've missed a lot more is uh, who's behind the decks right now, which is Mr. George Carmona. Today we're talking about murder. And the camera didn't... <laughs> The most delayed camera change. Oh, uh, see, I, you know, I did. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, uh, we're going to re tee that one back up here. And today we talk about murder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. God. That was bad. God damn it, George. George, how you been, man? I've been just killing, dude. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to go damn, to your belly like that. Damn, I'm just dude. all over the place with this right now, but, uh, um, football season's in full tilt. You might want to lock that focus. Football season's been in full tilt, and I'm going to be honest with you. My life uh, is content creation. Uh, it's it's all we do, and that's like it's it's a beautiful place to be. People right now are listening to us at their jobs that they want to fucking quit. I think about that sometimes. Where they're like me two years ago on antidepressants and on uh, and on my gut and on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh no, I feel you. One hundred percent. What's it's here, it's what we do. But uh George, when's the last time you've had McDonald's? Last time I had McDonald's was probably a month, two months ago. It's been a while. Oh okay. well no no no. You brought it over for on uh Saturday. So Yes, yes, uh, for a yeah. little training we had. God, Man. they're everywhere. God, they're everywhere. Well, have you ever been to a McDonald's that was massacred? Um, no, I have not. I I mean Statistically speaking, like there should be more murders at McDonald's and Subways and Starbucks because there's just everywhere, you know. They're like, everywhere and everybody goes to them. Yes. So yes. like, like it, 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 Jamie, pull that up. What's the correlation between McDonald's locations and deaths? <laughs> uh, there's probably more murders that happen in in close proximity to Starbucks than any other fast food chain. Well, I was about to say, what about like Waffle House? Uh. I guess I see where you're what you're going with that. I see where you're going with that. Texas Roadhouse, possibly, but everyone's just strapped. That is true. Everybody goes to Texas Roadhouse is there to carry, and they're not carrying the small gun. Oh no. Because they're going to Texas Roadhouse, goddammit. If somebody's gonna take their rolls, they're gonna bust out the big iron. Yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> a man off those buns, bro. Those buns are dangerous. Actually, you you ready for I've never been to a Texas Roadhouse. We just set ourselves a date. All right. All right. Well, now we have to go. Yeah, no. It's so please uh, become a member on YouTube so we can afford to go <laughs> to Texas Roadhouse. And see if there could possibly be murders there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, content related, of course. Uh, of course, of course. But uh, yeah, so if you couldn't tell by the title of this video, today we were talking about the San Isidro McDonald's Massacre. Whoa. Which San Isidro, I believe, is in Southern California? Yes. So it's already pretty wild. Pretty wild. I mean, it's, uh, date, date and time. Yeah, so this was uh, 1984, July 18th. July 18th. So in the summertime, lots of kids out. They're in McDonald's, playpens. And then you said year? 1984. Mm. Yeah, so back in the good old days, back when they were supersizing shit. Back when McDonald's used to actually cost a dollar. Yeah. And if it went up to a dollar or one, you had like economic crises happening, happening where people were like, I can't afford to feed my kids anymore. 
Yeah. On that's... the thirty six dollars uh, or thirty six cents an hour that I make. Yeah, that's typically the way it went back in the day. Like they were they were broke. They were broke. They were uh, coming off of World War Two parents, ration and everything. Uh, were they? I feel like no. They were probably like. Oh, I guess so. Because like our parents are from that generation, and their parents are baby boomers. Yep. So uh, clear correlation to possibly have murders at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, D Day is directly influenced because of McDonald's, or McDonald's is directly here because of the beaches of Normandy. The yes, I've seen that chart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the correlation is stunning. Yes. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll get right into this. Um, thank you again to our writer Nick Capuano for writing up today's episode and helping me with the research. And all of that. Um, when I first heard about this, I was like, this is wild. And the images, like, they, they don't hold back, George. I don't know if you're – yeah, like that one. Jeez Louise. Uh, I will pull these up here for the people in a second. But, yeah, so pretty graphic, pretty gruesome. And, uh, you know, not to put Nick out, but um, he wanted <laughs> – this was originally going to be a video. Uh, like a documentary video we did. Um, and he was like, you know, it would be funny. And I was like, okay, I'm, you're scaring me already when you say, we know it would be funny. And he was like, you should do like a skit where it's you driving up and they're like, we want McDonald's. And you drive up and you just hear like gunshots. You're like, we have McDonald's at home. Oh my goodness. That was Nick. That was all Nick. It was like, I was like, I have a dark sense of humor just like you. And that's fucking hilarious, but it's also awful. <laughs> like, come on, Nick. Come on, Nick. We got to hit harder than that. Yeah. So there's a, there's an image right there of the aftermath. I'll find some more photos here, but that's pretty that's pretty bad. Yeah. Buddies, so buddies so uh, shall we jump in? Yes. All right. So evil is a very strange thing, uh, George. It's not quite something you can hold or touch, but when you see it, evil is unmistakable. It could be described as a quality one might possess, which drives them to commit acts that would otherwise be unthinkable. To be evil is to be a dreg to society, the scum of the earth, a monster among men. James Huberty is one such example of pure evil, and his actions on July 18, 1984, are considered to be the most heinous in the history of California. Which is pretty crazy, considering things that have happened in California. Like, that's a pretty tall order to command. So growing up, Huberty's mother abandoned him and his dad, which left him devastated. He also contracted polio at a young age, and despite him surviving the ailment, he was left with a limp for the rest of his life. The combination of the limp and the hole his mother left in his life made him reluctant to socialize with his peers. This led him to being bullied for most of his youth. Despite these challenges, Huberty lived most of his life as an average man. He moved around a lot as he chased work. He had worked as a mortician and a welder before he ended up as a security guard in San Isidro. He also had a history of domestic abuse, frequently hitting his children and wife, Etna. She filed a report with the local Department of Children and Family Services stating that her husband had messed up, quote-unquote, her jaw. But unfortunately, no real action was taken against Huberty. Already off to a bad start, George. Track record's not looking too good. Yeah. So, on July 10th, 1984, Huberty was unfortunately let go from his guard job due to his poor performance and below-average physical ability. Damn, that's gotta suck. Yeah, bro had fucking polio. Dude. Like, not only do you suck, but like you can't even bench like 20 pounds, so fuck you. Uh, yeah, do you think this man with a, a gimpy leg is going to stop me from stealing stuff? Like, that's just, who hired him? To like, be fair, okay, I've said this, and, like, I am never, ever going to do, so let's, st let's start with this, okay, folks? 
I'm never ever going to act upon anything that that is said. This is all hypothetical and is supposed to be funny. You ever go to the station's casinos? Of course. The security guards max or minimum 57 years old. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, it's like it's I prime could, time job for security job. Yeah, like I could one I could do like a one-handed heist and still be mild, wildly successful. I mean, there was uh, the hackers that just got it past, you know, people that, you know, weren't even at station casinos. Can you imagine, like, all the stuff that's going through station casinos that hasn't been found yet? You have Cox Internet, right? Uh, no. No? I have Century? Century. Oh, you're blessed. Okay, so yesterday uh, I was at home, and uh, the Internet went out, which is not un- uncommon. Sometimes it just blips. Uh, but then, like, the cable channels <laughs> weren't working, and I made the joke. I was like, maybe the, the MGM hackers went to Cox. Yeah, they're like, ah, we're bored, you know. We're time, bored. To, time to change it up here. I, I, it sounds like this dude, he got fired. He's upset. It sounds like he's about to murder some people. <laughs> okay, so he was fired, and this was likely the last straw for Huberty, as on July 15th, he told Aetna he thought he might have a mental health issue. This led Huberty to contact San Diego Mental Health Clinic two days later on July 17th. During his call, he left his information with the receptionist who assured him that someone would call him back within a couple of hours. But since the receptionist mistakenly misspelled his name, that call would never come. Etna noted that James waited patiently by the phone for hours. Like, that's got to be heartbreaking, like, knowing that, like, he legitimately wanted help. And he was sitting there patiently waiting for help. Yeah. And it, and because, so really, this is, this is all because of the receptionist. You'd, uh, you know, if you're going to do that, yeah. Yeah, if we're going to go down that line. Sounds like, um, you know, how old was he at the time? I uh, didn't say. Didn't. I'm assuming he's like in his 30s. Yeah. If you don't got it figured out by then, like, go see a therapist. Get it figured <laughs> out. Like, don't be patient. Like, Just go. Yeah, if you haven't figured it out by that point in time in your life, go get it. Like, that's the way this game works. Yeah, they're going to call you and be like, yeah, so we can schedule you for six months from now. He's like, oh, I guess that's fine. I guess I'll start living six months from now. Like, come on, bro. (laughs) All right, so the following day started like any other. Huberty would take his family to the zoo that morning. While his family explored the exhibits, Huberty confided in his wife that his life was effectively over and stated society had their chance, referring to the phone call from the previous day that was never returned. On the way home... gave him 24. He called as soon as they closed... And then said that before they even reopened the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Left a voicemail and said, nah, they fucking haven't returned my call. They'll, they'll be sorry. Jesus. So on the way home, the family stopped at a McDonald's in Claremont for a quick meal. Soon after returning home, Huberty entered his bedroom in different clothes, wearing military-style camouflage. Already red flag right there. Oh, my God. He told Etna he wanted to kiss her goodbye, and when she asked where she was going, he said he was going hunting. Hunting for humans. Just let that sink in. Like, what? And uh, I'm assuming Edna was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. So funny. (laughs) Didn't call the cops. Nope. So he carried with him a bundle of weapons wrapped in a blanket and a box of ammunition. Edna stated that she didn't take her husband's words seriously until after she heard what he'd done. Oh, my God. She was like, I didn't think he would do it. He just murdered 21 people. My man, <laughs> never let him know your next move. <laughs> except, no, he did let him know. He a hundred percent let you know his next move. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all right. 
so the exact time at which the chain of events began is still disputed despite the fact that this happened over 38 years ago. However, it's widely, to, it's widely believed to have begun just before 4 p.m. Huberty drove his black Mercury marquee into the parking Nice car, first of all. Uh, Mercury marquee into the parking lot of the McDonald's on San Isidro Boulevard, a different location from the one he and his family visited earlier. Huberty would enter the restaurant a few minutes later, at which time a total of 45 customers were present. This sounds like the beginning of, like, the No Russian mission. Yeah, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say this now. This is a Gold Star episode. This is um, this is a uh, viewer discretion advised. Probably should have said that earlier, but yeah, uh, we're gonna get into it. Pretty pretty good here. So, Huberty carried a shotgun, which he aimed at an employee, sixteen uh, year old John Arnold, once inside. As this happened, assistant manager Guillermo Flores shouted, "Hey, John, that guy's going to shoot you!" <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Please, I. Where did Nick find this stuff? <laughs> Because if Nick is just like reenact, he's like, this is definitely how it went down. <laughs> he's going to shoot you. <laughs> no fucking shit, dude. Dude, we're completely sober right now, too. Like, yeah, damn. he's going to shoot you. For those of you listening, you're probably going to see the live stream later tonight. This will be out next week. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so he said, hey, the guy's going to shoot you. Uh, according to Arnold, when Huberty pulled the trigger initially, nothing happened. Imagine that. Ah! Ooh. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then the manager said? No, no, no. So at this point, Arnold thought the whole ordeal had been some sort of cruel joke and began to walk away. Imagine fucking that. You're like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And you pull the trigger, nothing happens. They're like, all right, I'm, uh, see ya. Like, how do you walk away from that? Like, how do you not take the gun and just be like, aha, bitch? I've got you. Huzzah. <laughs> Accidentally blows brains out. <laughs> and they're like, bro, Ashton Kutcher's right there. <laughs> this is the prank. This is the prank. So sorry. <laughs> uh, so Huberty inspected his gun, and as he did, the manager, 22 year old Nava Kane, approached the service counter. Having seemingly fixed the issue, Huberty fired his shotgun toward the ceiling before withdrawing his Uzi and firing it at Kane's head hitting her just below her left eye. He then aimed his shotgun at Arnold and fired, hitting the teenager in the chest and arm. Huberty shouted for everyone to get on the ground and called them dirty swine, Vietnam assholes. Oh. So there we go. He claimed that he had killed thousands and would kill thousands more. I don't think this guy ever served. Yeah, and he wanted to. He couldn't. He had fucking polio. Uh, so from here, this point on, we're going to have time stamps during the event so this first one's at 4 p.m 911 received their first call regarding the incident gunshots heard at a mcdonald's one customer 25 year old victor rivera tried to calm huberty down and persuade him not to shoot anyone else huberty didn't like this sheepish call for a stay of execution and responded by repeatedly shooting rivera shouting shut up each time he pulled the trigger as rivera writhed in pain on the floor it became clear to the other staff and customers that huberty meant business as they tried to hide in the dining room beneath tables and booths, Huberty turned to six women and children huddled together. He shot 19-year-old Maria uh, Colmenero Silva in the chest, then unloaded on 9-year-old Claudio Perez. 4.04 p.m. You good? Yeah. <laughs> that actually scared me. I was like, damn, somebody... somebody Flashbang! <laughs> 4.04 p.m. Four patrol units are dispatched. However, due to an error, they are sent to a different McDonald's nearly two miles away. 
Bro, this whole wow. story is just this whole story is just clerical errors. Wow. Huberty was now firing upon Claudia's sister Imelda before he turned to 11-year-old Aurora Peña, 18-year-old Jackie Reyes, and her son, eight-month-old Carlos Reyes. Jackie managed to shield Aurora and Carlos from the initial shots, but Huberty would walk up to the now screaming baby, sat up next to the corpse of his mother, and fire an additional shot to his chest, killing him instantly. He'd then shoot a 62-year-old trucker sitting alone before moving on to a family hiding beneath some tables by the play area. 33-year-old Ronald Herrera and his wife, 32-year-old Blythe. They shielded their son, Mateo, and his friend, Keith Thompson, as Huberty fired at them before moving on to another booth, where 24-year-old Guadalupe Del Rio, 25-year-old Gloria Ramirez, and 31-year-old uh, Aristelci Vuelves, yeah, these are these are some names, sat hiding. He fired upon them, too. 4.05 p.m. The first description of Huberty is broadcast, but due to an error... But due to the error, officers have still not arrived on the scene, leading to more part, uh, patrons arriving at the restaurant. Estolfo and Maricela Felix arrived at the building and noted, noticed the bullet holes in the glass immediately. Initially confused, Estolfo thought the building might be under construction. Huberty had just finished off 45-year-old banker Hugo Velasquez Vasquez when he noticed the couple in the parking lot. Believing that Huberty was a repairman of some sort working on the building, the Felixes didn't react initially as he strode towards their car. He opened fire on them and their four-month-old daughter, Carlita, seriously wounding the entire family. Huberty turned to three 11-year-old boys riding their bikes up to the building as another couple passing by helped the Felix family out of their car and to cover. Huberty opened fire on the boys and on their bikes, killing two of them. The third survived by playing dead. An elderly couple was approaching the building when they, uh, when they caught Huberty's attention. 74-year-old Miguel Victoria Uloa was about to get uh, the door when his... Uh, man, I'm stumbling all over the place. Oh, this is bad, dude. Yeah. No, like, this story is fucking... It's got <laughs> me in my feels. Yeah, dude, it's, it's pretty fucking dark. So 74-year-old Miguel Victoria Uloa was about to get the door for his 69-year-old wife, Ada Velasquez Victoria, when Huberty shot her dead where she stood. Bystanders reported that Miguel cradled his wife and swore at Huberty as he cursed back before shooting Miguel in the head. It gets pretty dark. So 4.07 p.m. Officer Mike Rosario, the first on the scene, arrives and make a, makes a call on his radio uh, requesting Code 10 for SWAT team after Huberty opened fire on him. As more officers arrived, they imposed a six-block lockdown of the surrounding area. 4.10 p.m. A command post is established two blocks from the scene. By 4.19 p.m., the entire building was surrounded by 175 police officers. Since Huberty was alternating between a shotgun, a semi-automatic Uzi, and a handgun, police weren't initially sure how many shooters there were. 4.29 p.m. SWAT Commander Lieutenant Jerry Sanders is notified of the shooting and begins making his way from nearby Mission Valley to the scene. 4.35 p.m. The first SWAT sniper team arrived on site to relieve the officers. And by 4.45 p.m., all the officers had been relieved by SWAT members. 4.46 p.m. Two witnesses escaped from the McDonald's and were debriefed. Police thought the assailants might be taking hostages, but this was dismissed by an escapee who noted that Huberty was killing anyone he encountered. 5.05 p.m. All responding officers were authorized to kill the perpetrator should they obtain a clear shot. Commander Lieutenant Sanders is informed the order has been given and rescinds it until he arrives. Huberty was reported to have begun adjusting a radio, possibly trying to find a news report of the massacre. 
before selecting a music station and continuing the bloodshed as he danced around. He searched the kitchen area and discovered six employees and shouted, You're trying to hide from me, you bastards! Before opening fire and killing 21-year-old Paulina Lopez, 19-year-old Elsa Borboa Fierro, and 18-year-old Margarita Padilla, and, a critically, and critically wounding a 17-year-old Albert Leos. Having survived, Leos crawled to a basement utility room where more survivors were hiding. 5.13 p.m. Sanders makes it to the McDonald's and gives the green light to take down the suspect. 5.14 p.m. Huberty notices a fire truck outside and opens fire towards the street. Shortly after, a wounded boy, 19-year-old Jose Perez, attracted Huberty's attention when he started moaning from the pain. Huberty approached Perez and shot him in the head where he lay next to his friend, 22-year-old Gloria Gonzalez, and a young woman named Michelle uh, Carncross. Aurora, his friend, a 22-year-old, oh, excuse me, Aurora Pena had survived and laid on the floor next to her dead friends, aunt and cousin. Reportedly, she opened her eyes and Huberty noticed that she wasn't dead. He threw a bag of french fries at her and then shot her again. Despite this second attempt on her life, Aurora would survive, notably spending more time in the hospital than any other survivor. 27-year-old SWAT sniper Charles Foster was stationed on top of the nearby post office, trying to obtain a clear shot on Huberty. At 5.17 p.m., Huberty moved in front of the doorway near the drive through window and afforded Foster an unobstructed view of his body from the neck down. Foster fired a single round from approximately 35 yards, severing Huberty's aorta just below his heart, killing him instantly and stopping his rampage. Huberty's slaughter left a lot of questions, namely why he did it. There is, uh, this is still disputed to this day as well, but most familiar with the situation agree that he was simply angry at the world and wanted revenge. During the incident, he also claimed to have killed thousands in Vietnam, despite the fact that he had no military service. It was also stated by police that all of his killings happened in the first five minutes of the onslaught, but this is highly disputed by survivors who claim he carried out the killings long after he began. Circling around to finish off wounded survivors, Huberty's uh, widow and children would go on to leave San Isidro, leave, uh, living under assumed names in the community of Spring Valley. A survivor's fund was put together to help not only the victims, but the surviving members of Huberty's family. Some would argue that on July 18, 1984, evil won, but in the months and years that followed, the community of San Isidro stood together to honor the victims and rebuild. Even though the McDonald's was quickly renovated, it was decided on July 24th that the building would be demolished so that it wouldn't become just another McDonald's. In its place, a monument was erected to commemorate the incidents, victims, and survivors. The monument was created by a Southwestern College alumni named Robert Valdez. It consisted of 21 hexagonal white marble pillars, each of which bore the name of one of the victims. The pillars varied in height to represent the difference in age and race between the victims and how despite that they are bonded together through tragedy. And that's a quick, brief, I guess, rundown of the San Isidro McDonald's Massacre. But that is pretty intense for literally being, what, like five, ten minutes? Um, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the fucking Captain Phillips, let's just use a sniper team approach, as opposed to there was a hundred SWAT members around the outside. There's 150 something cops. Yeah. But the problem is, is if they run it, if they rush, how many of them are going to get shot and how many other people are going to get shot? Listen, I get it. Right. But that's, that's the argument they're going to come back with. But like, okay, 
and I know this is not real and people, this is a joke, but like in Call of Duty, what do you do when you try to like, you know, draw somebody out? Do like a little run past the window? Try to like get his attention. You know what I mean? Open a door, close the door. So then that way he like looks. I don't know. Like to me, there's tactics you could have used. It was a full fucking hour in 15 minutes. Right. That's wild. It is wild. And it, the fact that he killed so many people, like, so quickly is even more crazy. hmm And, like, it, it, no discrimination. Shot every single person. Elderly, young. Like, he shot a literal infant. Like, yeah. that, that's, you got to be some sort of psychotic. Which he did admit, like, he thinks, he thought he had a problem. Yeah. Uh, so, this takes, this takes us to how important is your mental health? You should absolutely... Here's the thing. It's like I've heard a great saying is it's no it's not your mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yes. And I think that is more evident with this case than any other. Um, I'm trying to think of a sad guru quote you can uh, hit with here. You can say, you know, to not be in control of your own emotions is to be a slave. In its fullest extent. Like allowing other people's emotions or outlooks on life is the ultimate slavery. Like if it mm. if it affects the way you feel, that's you know? a good way of putting it. Yeah. So, be proactive, people. Be proactive. Yeah, take your mental health seriously, because things like this happen. But also, like it's just it's not a fun time, not having your mental health in check. Yeah, because uh, I mean, there's. I'd like to think like even in the most psychotic of people, there is remorse and they've they've hit it for years. So it's yeah. easy to to not really portray that side. But there's remorse. There is remorse. Yeah. And, you know, it's OK to need help. Mm-hmm. It's OK. It's fine. I needed help for the longest. I still need help to this day to some extent. Yeah. I mean, just remember. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I'll hit you with a Bradley. If I gave you. $10 million, uh, but tomorrow you couldn't wake up, what would you take? I'll give you $10 million right now. But you won't wake up tomorrow. But you won't wake up tomorrow. What are you going to take? Yeah. You know? So you're telling me your life is more important than $10 million? Think about that. <laughs> so the answer is you should take the $10 million and just live <laughs> like a fucking king for 12 hours. Yeah. True. What if True. you just like get so drugged up you don't have to go to sleep? that then up. like you there's a loophole yeah i'm sure i'm sure this is this has happened before it's been crazier shit been crazier the exhibit a what we just yeah. talked about there's been crazier shit but uh yeah so that's it for today's episode george tell the people where they can find you what you got going Follow on me at mr george carmiller to keep everything in one location you can find everything else from that platform mr george carmona if you like football, you should you should follow George. If you like, I don't know, anything, you should follow George. Let's be real here. I do everything. I do everything. I got a fun cat versus pickles uh, story. Yeah, when's, uh, when is that coming back? I, I haven't seen one in like a week or so. Yeah, no, we went to Walmart uh, two weeks ago and we didn't purchase one. Um, kind of broke we, the cycle. I, it, no, 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 no. It was just uh, we weren't feeling them t- that day. We weren't feeling them. I didn't post a story about it because I think next time we're going to get a cat. Uh, we're we're going to get a pickle. In the cat versus pickle saga. What do you? What do you? What are you guys at now? Cats or pickles? Most mostly. Oh, way more cats than pickles. Way oh. more. like we're talking like a four to one ratio. So when Damn. you get a pickle, when you get a pickle, bro, we party. 
We party. Well, we you buy the you keep buying like bottles of liquor every time you go, and if it's a cat, you don't drink it yet. True. So then, when you do, you guys just get alcohol poisoning. Yep. Yep. And then I stick my pickle and her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we're really trying to push those platforms. You can follow me on Instagram as well. Uh, I try to keep up there. I'm trying to do more uh, content creation as like a creator. So if you're into cameras, if you're into filming, if you're into learning how to do all that kind of stuff, that's what I'm aiming to start doing at the moment. Um, but yeah, check out our merch store. Check out all of our platforms. You can find it down below in the show notes. And until next time, everybody, stay bizarre. Stay bizarre.